At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. gentlemen it's monday and that means it's time for the wrestling inc monday night raw after show and hey we're not here to make friends we're here to make money but before we get into all of that let me introduce the panel i'm jack farmer being joined by the legendary referee jimmy corderas and mr runs his own show himself justin labar justin how do you feel buddy you you had your uh, debut maiden voyage this weekend yeah, and I, I couldn't talk about it. They didn't make it public until last Tuesday, which was a day later than I thought it was going to be. So I didn't even get a chance to promote to our audience it. So what Jack is referring to, if you if you, if you haven't seen on social or anything or didn't listen yourself, is, uh, yeah, yesterday, Sunday, uh, officially launched the new Sunday episode of Busted Open Radio. Busted Open Radio is now seven days a week on Sirius XM Channel 156, and I am uh, blessed and privileged to be one of the two hosts of the Sunday show every single week. And um, it, it was awesome. I encourage anybody to check out if they're looking for something Sunday morning. And what a Sunday morning we had to react to a uh, crazy Saturday night. Yeah, Justin, I mean, what a, what a perfect timing. You couldn't have planned it better than to have it after what was a pretty pretty explosive Survivor Series. And we didn't cover it here on Wrestling Inc. I don't know what's going on here, people. Uh, but... Uh, but Jimmy, mm-hmm. how, how how you know I like to ask about fantasy football. You don't have a fantasy football team, so no. I'm just gonna brag to you real quick about a uh, my team lost miserably this week. But mm. me and a pal, we have this little bet every year when we play each other. The loser has to buy the winner a T-shirt. And this year, mm. my I won that game, and so my buddy got me this beautiful the Rick model. the, the model, model shirt. I don't oh. know you can appreciate it. I don't know. So I'm wearing my, my Rick the Model Martell shirt today. A good good Canadian kid there. Oh yes. boy. <laughs> great, great, great gimmick when he'd when he'd spray yeah. the fragrance. I love yeah. it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We, we were chatting about it. I was saying I now that I'm older, I can hear Vince saying he sprays arrogance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh but, wow. but how how you doing, Jimmy? 
doing doing good considering uh you know it's that time of year again where the weather gets a little colder but hey you know what again congratulations to our our, our good buddy here our partner in triple j justin uh with another j jonathan had a great debut episode awesome work guys uh thank you fun fun listening to you it's, it's it, you know what i mean it's kind of cool when you know somebody like that <laughs> <laughs> i know that guy uh very cool stuff well thank you everyone who's joining our show today make sure as always like comment share subscribe get everyone in here because i have a feeling we're going to have an explosive episode here on wrestling inc uh but we're going to start it with some kind of disappointing news. Uh, let's just, I guess, put it out there. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer uh, Tammy Sitch has received her sentencing in a DUI manslaughter case. Uh, TMZ reported that Sitch was handed a 17-year prison sentence today for her role in the death of a 75-year-old man during a traffic accident in March of 2022. In addition, Sitch will serve eight years probation after she's released in 2040. And of course, her driver's license will be permanently revoked. Uh, Justin, it's um, I, I, it's it's so like you always want to see justice served. But as someone selfishly who was a fan growing up, and you know, I was at an age where I was one of those boys that looked up to a Tammy Sitch. Uh, very sad to hear that this is how things turned out. Uh, it is. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. You and I are in the same kind of age bracket of, uh, you know, the, yeah. she was the most downloaded woman <laughs> at yes. one point in the early stages of the Internet. Uh, and she was huge at the time when the wrestling business was booming. Um, obviously, it's sad. Obviously, the number one sad is the fact that through reckless choices, somebody lost their life. Um you, you know, you'd like to say, you know, we all make mistakes. We all deserve second chances, sometimes third chances. But unfortunately, when you look at her track record, and I actually watched the sentencing, it was live streamed by one of the Florida news channels, and I, and I, I didn't write it down, so I don't want to misquote it, but the, but the judge did rattle off how the number of DUIs that she had in a short, such a ridiculously short time frame, and then the manslaughter, and then, you know, then, the, then the death of, of the gentleman, I think we're beyond second, third, fourth chance. You know, you're at a point where it's like uh, inevitably prison time and punishment is going to catch up to you. And, you know, I mean, she's going to be like 67, I think, by the time she would get released and then be on eight years probation. Um, It's sad, but probably deserved. Yeah, I think Justin nailed it with the, obviously you want, like, someone died. So something, you you can't let being a wrestling fan blind you from something like that. But, um, it, it's still, it's, it's tough to see someone that, like I said, you looked up to, or, or in your case, I don't know how well you knew Tammy or if you worked with her. Yeah, I did. I did know her. Yeah, I did know her. I did work with her. And I, and I did see some of the struggles back in the day. I'm not going to get into details or anything like that because, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's just, like you said, like Justin said, it's sad that, uh, you know, someone else had to suffer from this and their family as well, you know, because mm-hmm. for, for her bad choices in life. And, and again, it's, it's someone that, you know, and you hate to say that this is deserved, but you know, all your actions have consequences mm-hmm. and, and, and she is paying for, for her bad choices in life right now. And it's unfortunate that others had to suffer from this. It, it's different if, if, you know, a little bit, if you're making bad choices and you hurt yourself, 
mm-hmm. you hurt others as well. You don't want to, you don't like seeing that either. Someone hurting themselves. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, that yeah, that's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want people to, to misunderstand or get misquoted about that. But, right. it, it, and again, someone you knew and someone you worked with and got along with, uh, you know, I, she, she was fine, but you knew that there were certain little issues there that needed that you were at least in your mind, hoping she would solve these issues. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, as we see now, uh, it caught up with her in, the, in a bad way. Well, it's uh, the positive is the family at least has now gotten justice for what's happened. Of course, it's it's sad all around, but uh, we move on to a story that broke, I, I believe, during Raw, or at least I saw it during Raw. Uh, QT Marshall has announced that he's going to be stepping away from AEW. Uh, in a tweet, he posted that uh, he basically thanked AEW. He thanked Tony Khan. Uh, was sounded like he was pretty proud of the work he did while he was there, uh, but said that the company's going in a different direction, and he has decided to resign. Um, Justin, this is... This definitely felt like a leaving everything positive kind of message, but I I can't help but wonder what does he mean by a different direction from AEW? That's the thing that I want to peel the onion on. Yeah, that's the most interesting uh, line in his statement, right? And just to put some context to those who don't know, yes, QT Marshall has been on camera. We've seen him as a wrestler, and he's had different storylines and factions. But he was uh, a greater impact and influenced AEW behind the scenes. He was right-hand man in the sense of physically helping write and type out what what's going to be on the show and the format. And you know, show day live show days are crazy. Uh, you know, as any you know, just Jimmy or anybody can tell you that's ever done live wrestling. You know, and so obviously, you know, Tony doesn't have time for everybody in the immediate. So a lot of it's like go to QT. You know, QT is very much again a filter, or you know, I'll just say a right hand man. So this is significant. This is not just a wrestler who also does some training and has brought in students and has brought in extras. This is, I mean, I maybe because AEW's ran some with a much, uh, much thinner creative process and crew. From what I understand, it would kind of be the equivalent of like in the mid '90s, like Pat Patterson. Mm-hmm. saying by a guy who again works so closely as Vince's right hand man on, on on you know when it's still being when, when so much is being done by a small group of people relatively speaking so yeah I, and I don't know I think that that, that is the onion you want peel back I, I mean I think it's fair to say that if he started with dynamite from day one and in the fall of, of 2019 that if he's now if he's leaving now and he's saying it's not the same as what it was they're going in a different direction I think one could interpret that he's not on board with said direction or doesn't think this is the best direction to go. And all I can reason from a fan's perspective, from an outsider looking in, is what we felt and have seen. When AEW launched, it very much was an alternative. They presented things in a different way, everything from how they did backstage, from how they did presentation to things in the ring. And we were seeing new homegrown stars, if you will, um, that, that hadn't been on, you know, maybe a few, a, a few exceptions, Jericho and, and Hager, but that really hadn't been on WWE television. And it had a different feel. It had, it had a, it had a, an, un, it had an underground alternative feel. It does not have that same feel. Uh, so all I can go by as a fan is that it does feel different. And somewhere in there, obviously QT Marshall could give a whole lot more specifics because he's behind the curtain every day. 
somewhere that that different feel to me as a fan has translated to him as a as an executive as a or, or at least as a manager uh in charge that it's he's not seeing things the way that he wants it to go or that he would do it so there's definitely a story here there's more of a story we'll be interested to see where his next what his next move is yeah, Jimmy, I, I always say when AEW does something good by a wrestler, I always like to say that's one of the nice things about having two options is that a wrestler can do something like a Jade Cargill can become well-known in pro wrestling or we'll talk about CM Punk later. CM Punk can ha- come back and sort of get things moving again. It's great to have two options. I think going the other way, potentially, I don't know if QT Marshall is going to WWE or anything like that, but maybe this is a thing where QT Marshall's like, look, there's other things in wrestling I can do. There are options these days. And if I'm not happy or things aren't going my way, I can step away. And Jimmy, I'd like your thoughts on someone stepping away. Sometimes that's the healthiest thing to just say, you know what? This isn't for me anymore. No, that's, that's a very good way of putting it. And like, like you guys are saying, we don't know the exact reason for him wanting to depart from AEW because he, he was there and he had, worn so many hats behind the scenes like we said vp of show and creative coordination and all sorts of stuff like this you know and if correct me if i'm wrong he does he does have a school as well too doesn't he his school his i I believe his school is is in junction with cody with right factory right exactly so you know uh that's an interesting point too now people are going to try and make connections Mm-hmm. That's the thing now. Everybody's going to be speculating and and assuming. You know what they say when you assume. So um, <laughs> it, it's I'm just, I'm I'm I hate, usually this stuff is kind of like oh man I, I hate to hear if things don't go well. But at the same time I'm curious to find out what the real reason is because a lot of people's perception now you know obviously with Cody uh, leaving and now with the, the CM Punk situation people are saying hey maybe. AEW isn't the place to be for everybody. You know, I, I, it, people's perceptions, again, become reality. And uh, for me personally, I don't know the backstory. I don't know what's going on. But something feels different. And like you said, Justin, something feels different, whether it's the direction, like you said, that he's not on board with or how things are being perceived backstage. Uh, man, I'm, I'm kind of curious to find out what the reasoning is, though. So, Jimmy, you're a former WWE ref, you're a future Hall of Famer. Jack, mm-hmm. you're the host of all hostess. You're the hostess of the most. You have, ha- you have hair more I'm incredible. Here. You, have, you have hair more incredible than any of us. You have a good Hall of Fame squad. hair. So, yeah. therefore, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll, 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 I'll take one for the team. I will assume, I will make an ass out of you and me. I'm going to assume that people are starting to figure out, no matter how much from a good hearted place that they are trying to give maybe advice or this and that, that Tony Khan's doing what Tony Khan wants to do. And I think what he wants to do is probably coming from a place that is of a good heart and that is of good intention. It just might not be bringing about the results that everybody would think that we should be having. And that's what I'm going to assume. We've had a couple of years now seeing an EVP and Cody step away. We of course know the well documented drama of CM Punk and people there and how things you know what what went wrong and this and that, you know. Uh, we we now Q, I'm just gonna I'm gonna make the ass out of you and me that I I'm just wondering if the top guy the top head honcho which hey it is his company at the end of the day mm-hmm. but if he is, is he is he listening is he is he being receptive 
to, hey, boss, I don't think this is working. Or I think we should try this or I think we should go in this direction. And no, I'm going, I, that's my ass out of you and me. But I think it's, I think that's what's on a lot of people's minds right now. I think that's how it at least looks. And again, I always side with the individuals when it comes to this. And that's why I'm kind of happy for a QT Marshall because, you know, I, I've had jobs at places I don't like and I've said, I don't want to work here anymore. And if that's what he's able to do, that's great. I love that he's able to do that. And I know some people may say he's friends with Cody, so he's probably headed over to WWE or whatever. If he is, that's great. I think, you know, if if I have a job that I don't like and someone says, hey, I'm your friend, you want to work here? Yeah, why not? Like, I think it's great that he has the mobility and he's able to do that. I assume if he's leaving, then that means he has something lined up. And so I'm just happy for him. AEW will be fine. Tony Khan will be fine. So I'm glad that QT Marshall it sounds like we'll be fine one way or the other. No, I, uh, I'm sure he will be. And uh, like you said, he's got the, his partnership with Cody and uh, maybe that had some, something to do with it as well. We don't know. Again, here we go with the assuming. So yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of assuming going on. Let's don't you go be in the ass, Jimmy. I was trying <laughs> to avoid that. I know. I'm jumping on the grenade. You got a hall of fame speech that's going to happen here in the next few years. I'm jumping <laughs> yeah. on the grenade. But yeah, and got I got to introduce you. Yeah, oh, oh that'd be awesome. And you got to be in, in attendance in a tuxedo clapping. <laughs> no, it's just you got me thinking now because you know you talk about going to the boss and explaining to him certain things. You know, you say, "Hey, boss, maybe we shouldn't do it this way. We should do it this way." And if he isn't listening and and paying attention more to, like you said, trying to be friends with the talent as opposed to listening to some of the uh, the. Um, uh, producers slash agents backstage who are trying to tell them, Hey, listen, maybe you shouldn't go in this direction. You know, that sort of thing. Maybe that's one of the things that's who knows, Let, but again, we will see. Let's all in my, in my big speech. This also furthers my point. Let's not also forget another name that left William Regal. That's true too. Mm. This, yeah. time, this time last year, by the way, is he, uh, just quick sidetrack with William Regal. I know there was like some kind of deal where he wouldn't be on TV. Is that, is there a time limit on that? Like, could he come yeah. back soon? Does that mean he, he might one, be it, was, it was for one year. Yeah. Which so, I think is either just getting ready to expire or might've just expired. Yeah, he couldn't come back and be immediately put on as like a commissioner of NXT. Again, he couldn't have an on-air TV role. He had to stay off TV for a year. So I think we're, we're right, we're right around that. If it hasn't already hit. Just missed war games. Ah, but uh, let's speaking of war games, let's chat a little bit about this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. But of course, as always, everyone like, comment, share, subscribe. Shout out to the lurkers in the not in the chat, I guess, watching the chat. But thanks for joining us there. Uh, Baby Ice, Scott Montez, Nelly Belly, Max. I saw uh, Josie, I think, uh, showing up there. There was uh, another one who oh, I got to scroll up somewhere here it was uh, someone who doesn't get to join us live very often. And I. I missed it. I'm so sorry. Uh, but JT's here, King Kia, John Everett. Um, lots of you guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's talk about this this wrestling show. Also, we got a super chat. Something for us all to think about. Jake uh, Alinar says, I would love to see Punk versus Styles in a program. Uh, we'll talk about Punk, obviously, at the end of the show. But someone posted one of those, like, what was going on in the world when CM Punk left WWE and one of them was AJ Styles was still at impact. And it was one of those like, Oh my goodness. How crazy is that? Uh, stat. Mm -hmm. Um, 
uh, like the streak was still alive and all this other stuff. Uh, the Undertaker streak. It was crazy. It's crazy. Um, Here it is. Why. I got one for oh. you. I can read it off now. Or I, I'll do yeah. it now. Yeah. Yeah. So here, just a little tease because we'll get to punk when we get to punk. Uh, I want to give a shout out. This was, to, uh, I don't know if this is the same one you're referencing, Jack, but this yeah. is the one that was sent to me by uh, at Bronx Madness underscore on, on X. He said, the last time CM Punk was on WWE Raw, this is, of course, prior to this evening. Last time CM Punk was on WWE Raw, Obama was in a second term. Robin Williams was still alive. Donald Trump had just filmed his last season of The Apprentice. The number one song was Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Derek Jeter was still playing. Tom Brady only had three rings. Ebola was an epidemic. Wow. This when you put it, certain things like that in into perspective, it's just geez, like what is time? It has uh, been a while. So someone who hasn't been gone quite that long was Randy Orton, and he kicked things off for us. He welcomed us to Monday Night Raw and says, now that he's had his moment, he has some payback for the bloodline. Rhea Ripley comes out and says Randy is out here doing favors and getting upstaged. Then she says that the bloodline is old news and Judgment Day runs things. Uh, Judgment Day try to jump Randy Orton, but they get RKO'd, and Randy says he's taking Dom Mysterio on tonight. Uh, Jimmy, this was a, uh, I, I thought, just a great way to kick things off. Obviously, we were all really waiting for CM Punk, but I think Randy Orton was a great first course. Absolutely he was because, you know, he, he got he, – <laughs> How do I explain it any better than this? He looks like he hasn't skipped a beat, whether it was on Saturday night at War Games, well, tonight in the ring, coming out, playing off the crowd the way he did. And, and what a great reception he got when, when they hit his music and he came out there. He hasn't skipped a beat on the microphone. He knows how to play the audience and he knows how to set up for later in the night. It was all a perfect way to make people want to say, hey, I want to see what happens between Randy Orton and Dom later tonight. Yeah, Justin, this, uh, I don't know about you, but I was waiting for him to RKO Rhea Ripley the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, already I'm excited to see who's going to get RKO, Justin. I'm, I, Randy Orton, full disclosure, one of my all-time favorites. So I'm super jazzed to see him back. But uh, uh, how did you feel Randy Orton did? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge Randy Orton mark. Um, I, I think he's just... I, JBL is always right. He is he is the creative superstar, perfect thing. He is so versatile. He can play a charming, charismatic babyface now more than ever, but he can switch on a dime and be a psychotic, sinister heel. Um, I, I've I, my first Randy Orton, my first real Randy Orton memory was uh, 2007 in Buffalo. Uh, I was staying across the hall from him in a hotel. He got locked out of his hotel. His key card wasn't working. He didn't want to go back down to the lobby because it was swarmed with fans. So he knocked on the door across the hall, which was mine. He said, hey, can I use your hotel phone so I can buzz down to the front desk so I can get my key replaced? So they can... And he hung out with me for the next half hour, and and and, and it was quite the experience. So this is Randy Orton of 07, so it was a different Randy Orton at the time. Anyways, that's my great memory of Randy Orton, my first great memory of Randy Orton. Tremendous. I love Randy Orton, and I'm mm -hmm. so happy to see him back. I thought this was a moment here. Randy Orton... I didn't think he was going to RKO Rhea Ripley because they don't, you know, they're, they're not much on offense. That that kind of an offensive yeah. move on females these days, they don't they don't really go to that territory. And I, I agree with them not to just because just we on un, we understand pro wrestling, but but vultures outside in the world who don't get pro wrestling and who want to vilify it, 
they will they will out of context take it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. That said, you could feel the energy there. That's you know I, I you know how I I preach Rhea every week. This is the first time, and I can't remember how long, maybe ever, that 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 somebody has gotten an entire arena to boo Rhea. Randy Orton managed to get Rhea Ripley because you know, Rhea truly, you know, she's the you know she's in this heel faction, but she gets so much uh, adulation and fanfare because she's so interesting and she's so talented, and you you, you kind of gravitate towards her. Randy Orton when he hit the Daddy's Home line, and the place just went banana. I mean, it this. Uh, we're not going to get a match between he and Rhea, <laughs> but oh. I do feel like there's room for more payoff for these two to be little thorns in each other's sides moving forward. Here. Uh, you know, uh, sorry to, to jump in here like this, but that one little line, Daddy's Home, it's, it's almost like magic for a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daddy's Home, slash underneath, hashtag RKO. Yeah, he's he's just... I mean, he seems so natural on the on the microphone, but yeah, the the way he's able to, like you said, go from being like someone we love to being sadistic, but also not changing who he is. You know, like sometimes people will go from like I'm evil to then being like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" Like he's still definitely the viper when he, regardless of what side he's he's working with, but it it, it works. I don't know. He's just, I just think. Everything about him, I, I think the JBL reference of the the perfect creator wrestler just nails it. I, I'm just so glad he's back. He's awesome. Uh, really reminded me of how long uh, how long we've been doing this because uh, we were talking about RK Bro once upon a time. Like that was a year and a half ago. Jeez wow. Louise, what was <laughs> what again? What is time? Triple um, J's got staying power. That's what that tells you. We absolutely yeah. absolutely do. You know, like like John Cena. You know, we just gonna stick around forever. Um, Speaking of people with fame power, we get announced that Akira and Otis are going to team up to be in this tag team turmoil match. Uh, it starts with Akira and Otis versus DIY. Then it moves on to DIY versus Indashir. Then DIY Creed Brothers. Creed Brothers versus New Day. Creed Brothers versus Imperium. Creed Brothers get the win all the way through. Um, Justin, I'm typically a positive guy. And I, I like this episode. I thought this was a fun event. I am not a fan of tag team turmoil matches. Uh, I feel like I feel like what like only one team ever comes out looking good. What was your take on this one? Uh, no, I kind of agree with you. Um, I understood them doing it. You know, you, you're trying to highlight the tag teams you have, and you're trying to make being the number one contender to Judgment Day's tag titles make it mean something. I understand the intent. I also understand you're, you're advertising to be commercial free. So this is a way to, you know, call upon, you know, what, uh, 10 different wrestlers to help fill that time versus just having, you know, uh, you know, two or four guys, you know, c- carry out, you know, more, more time in a match. I agree with all that. I, I understand. I understand all that, but I, I'm kind of with you because I, I agree. The, you have Alpha Academy lose first. So you have Otis and, and Akira, which, you know, look, they're get, they're over. And every week, I mean, you know, they got the big funny spot with Jelly Roll and R-Truth and all backstage. And, you know, they're over. So that they've kind of guaranteed themselves to get TV time, which I guess at the end of the day, that's really what matters, right? When wins and losses don't matter. I guess, I guess what matters is we're going to put you on the TV show every week because you're entertaining. Mm-hmm. So on that respect, good. But from a perspe- from a perspective of me ranking the tag teams, okay, so they get they, they lose first. Okay, so Alpha Academy is really moving into the territory of they are 
guaranteed TV time every week, but they're just comedy. And that's fine for your boy Akira. That's fine for Otis. By association, that's Chad Gable, and we've we've discussed it every week. I'm not going to repeat the, the same thing. That we we know he's be, he's better than that. Then you have Endashir. You trying to Endashir has been so stop and go over the last four years of we're trying to make them mean something. Trying to and then they come out and they get they get some they get some big spots and DIY is bumping around for them. And I know it was a snip a slip on the banana peel kind of thing, but you know they, they I think they lasted the shortest time of any tag team. So now my my again you just kind of end a sheer okay just shove them aside. You're right. It really doesn't other than the winning team and the new day gets a pass because they're new day. So they they get an exemption for for legacy and a future Hall of Fame. But yeah, I don't like tag team turmoil. I think it's hard to book it and make me feel strong about the different tag teams that you have uh, in your in your division. Yeah, Jimmy, I. I think yeah. echoing to Justin's comments, uh, Indashir was the one that really stuck with me the most because after being off TV, on TV, off TV, on mm-hmm. TV, and then having a team that already had a match, essentially, and then getting beat that quickly, it's going to be hard to make me feel like this team is a threat again. Yeah, and uh, if they didn't do them any favors tonight, let's put it that way. It, it, when you look back at all the teams that were involved in here, you're trying to figure out, you know, cause we talk about how many times have we talked about getting over without going over like alpha Academy, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they overuse that with mm-hmm. that specific tag team. Let's put it that way for, for lack of a better explanation. Mm-hmm. They think, you know, while well, these guys are so over, it doesn't matter that they don't win. That's it's almost a feeling that's it's almost how I feel. They feel, you know yeah. what I mean? But like you said, uh, in this year, it did nothing for them. DIY was looking good for a little while, but the the loss came out of nowhere, kind of, sort of. And yeah, you know, the crowd was behind them. But once they got down to the final two, which ended up being the Creed Brothers and Imperium, you can tell that the crowd didn't care who yeah. won anymore. And I understand in these type of matches, you're going to get babyface team versus babyface team or heel team versus heel team. But it just, it had no reaction whatsoever. And and the, the crowd lost interest. And that is your biggest telltale of anything. And if the crowd doesn't care, me as a viewer watching at home, hearing um, nothing coming from the audience mm-hmm. on my TV. And yes, the, the announced team is doing their best to put this match over as much as possible, but still without any crowd reaction, it just feels so blah. I, I think, yeah, I think it's tough if you're there live because they don't really tell you how, like who's coming out, who's next, how many people are left. So like, I know I'm sorry, if I'm there live, I'm not, I don't like, I'm not keeping track of the teams that they mentioned last week. You know what I mean? It's just, Oh, I guess there's another team. Oh, so I, I if I'm there live, I could imagine not even realizing that these are the last two until it's over and going, Oh, I guess that was it. Um, now here at home, of course, commentary is reminding us, but I, I can imagine if you're in the audience, just kind of going, what's happening. Who's who, what, you know what I mean? I, I can imagine me confused very easily. Um, of course, I, I usually when I'm at a, a show, I'm, I'm chatting a lot, like, you know, having a good time. So, uh, but in any case, Creed brothers, number one contenders, uh, very much feels like this is a big test for them. Uh, really kind of showing us that they're the team of the future here. Later, of course, 
Gunther is mad at his guys for losing to DIY at, or losing to uh, or having a DIY problem, they say. So they got to fix that. Um, and we get a Miz face face off with Gunther again, saying he wants to challenge for the title again. Justin, uh, Miz, Gunther, too. Are you down for it? I am because the first one delivered so well. I'm I'm up to see it again. Uh, I think what's interesting to me, and this and this is applicable pretty much across the board with anything we're going to talk about tonight, especially if you want to talk about titles, is Survivor Series was the last PLE until Royal Rumble. There was no December PLE. So, you know, it is so you have two months, um, and Christmas and New Year's Day both fall on Mondays. So Christmas, you kind of take out as like, all right, it's a holiday show. We're you're not you're not you're not going to be doing anything major on Christmas. I I, I don't know. They might they're probably going to pre-take that show. I'd hope for the sake of the <laughs> the, the talent. Uh, but maybe New Year's Day. Maybe you try to kick off 2024 something big. My point being is whether you're talking about the IC title with Gunther, whether you're talking about the World Heavyweight title with Seth Rollins. Like, there's time until Rumble. They're going to have to, and we're already going to see it next week with Seth Rollins in action, as we'll get to in a minute. They're going to have to build some Rawls up with some main events that maybe you were advertising for a few weeks out. They're going to have to do some things in order to keep stories and things interesting. And I think Triple H will, but they're going to have to. So what I'm getting at is Gunther and Miz, I don't see them holding this out to a rumble. Like They're going to have to build and make and, – and, all right, we already got it once at Survivor Series – you're going to have to build it effectively and maybe even add a stipulation to make it interesting, to make it a main event for an upcoming Monday night raw. Um, I don't think Miz is taking the title off them, but I'm down to see them continue the story because I thought the promo that was cut last week, the match they gave us on Saturday, I'll take more of it. Um, but that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, Jimmy, any thoughts on Miz and Gunther or, or <clears throat> Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser having issues? No, well, again, here's another faction that's having issues. I just hope that Vinci was okay after that, that that bump he took on his shoulder during that tag team turmoil match because it looked like he did hurt himself. I thought he did one heck of a job at selling it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And as far as uh, Miz versus Gunther too, because of the match they had at uh, Survivor Series, I'm up for it because. Miz showed that he belongs in the ring with someone like that. And even to the point where during their promo segment tonight, when they had their face-to-face, Gunther put him over mm-hmm. and told him, you proved to me that you belong in the ring. But uh, he's not giving him another chance like a true heel would, you know. Yeah. I forget the exact terminology he used, but it was it was very eloquent the way he turned him down. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And and it's making people start to like Miz and seeing him in a different light. And everybody knows that Miz can be a ter- terrific heel, but now he's showing that he could be a, uh, not a bad baby face because he came out and said, you said, anybody wants to challenge you, come tell me to my face that you want to challenge. I, he came to his face. That's exactly what a baby face would do. And Miz is, uh, Miz is uh, I don't want to say, I'm not going to say hitting a home run, but he's ticking off all the right boxes right now. Let's put it that way. Yeah, he said, uh, you belong in the ring, just not with me. That's, a, yes. So, so good. God, Gunther's so good. Um, he's he's not the rock with, like, the electricity on the microphone, but as far as playing his role, he, yeah, nails he's, it. He's, I mean, you know, the, the, they're going to be in Germany. Uh, I know he's technically he's from Austria, but mm-hmm. close enough. They're going to be in Germany for the big, you know, 
battle in Berlin next August, I gotta think that they are that they've already you know long shot forecasted that he's gonna be a major part of that event. And whether that's whether he's still IC champion, whether he's challenging for a world title belt, I don't know. He's so good. When you watch his matches, you know obviously his offense is you know is is physical and makes you wince. The way he sells, he sells different than most any other guy, especially a guy of his size sells anymore. I mean, he makes it look, I don't know, he's, Mm -hmm. you can see why they've decided, Triple H has decided to book him as this record-setting IC champ. Like, he he deserves to be in the record books because he is a unique talent. Yeah, I think he's someone we're going to be talking about after he's finished up for a long time. Um we also got a super chat from Joey Santa Cruz. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, I didn't see a message in here. So uh, if you have anything you want me to say, oh, we got it. Joey Santa Cruz says, great show. I'm down with the Triple J. Thank you so much, Joey Santa Cruz. Thank you, Joey. Uh, and uh, we move on to Cody Rhodes, who. Joey appara- makes a quadruple J. Quadruple. Yes. Yeah. JJ, JJ. We're going to have a lot of J's by the end of this. <laughs> Uh, so Cody Rhodes says, uh, comes out and says he wants to talk about thanking his teammates. He welcomes CM Punk, then declares himself for the Royal Rumble. That's when Shinsuke says that he's been waiting on Cody to have a match with him, and he wants Cody to help him evolve. So now he will bring the chaos to Cody, and then he spits red mist in Cody's face, and he ruins that beautiful suit, Jimmy that has to be the worst thing anyone's ever done in pro wrestling, ruining a beautiful suit like that. No, I've seen some suits ruined over <laughs> in my day, trust me. But uh, I, I, it, it's interesting the way they did it. You know, they put Shinsuke. I, I love this new Shinsuke Nakamura where he does these these vignettes and these videos on, on the big screen and you have the subtitles underneath. I think I love it. It's unique. It's different. And uh, having him show up surprised from behind and the spring, the mist – Look, like Justin said earlier, there is no PLE in December. We still have two months to to get to the Royal Rumble where we want to start the next story leading up to WrestleMania. You need stuff in between there. And Cody needs to tell more of that story. And a good story would be a battle with him and Shinsuke. And I'm not saying a long drawn out feud, but this is one that could go several weeks and, mm-hmm. and to, to help tell that story, to, to get Cody built up to wherever they're deciding to go in this story. Because now with all these new signings and uh, uh, surprise returns, and let's put it that way, WrestleMania 40 is starting to shave up to be very interesting with a lot of possibilities. Yeah, Justin, I said uh, on Twitter uh, earlier that there's like 10 guys who could main event WrestleMania realistically this year. Uh, and it mm-hmm. would you would go, yeah, that makes sense. And that's not even counting the women's division. It's crazy. But Cody Rhodes, uh, Justin, I want to talk to you about, he, he declares for the Rumble, and Shinsuke makes a challenge to him. Our, one of my biggest pet peeves in all of pro wrestling is, and this is like a weird one to me, it really grinds my gears, is when someone's in the Royal Rumble, but they also have a match at the Royal Rumble. Are, are we safe from this? Are we going to get this match before the Royal Rumble so there's not a Shinsuke-Cody match and Cody in the Royal Rumble? Yeah, we're safe from it. Again, there's two months to it. Um, yeah, real quick, just to the, fir- the very first point to what you just said about the all the different, like, uh, you know, cheap plug again to bust it open to Sunday. Myself and my, my co-host on that show, Jonathan Hood, uh, a caller actually called in and said how, and they named, and I, and I kind of agreed, that they named five different people on the men's side that are all, 
realistic candidates to win the Royal Rumble. Like off, and I, and I couldn't like I have reasons to believe this one more so than this one, but I couldn't I couldn't argue that all five of them are realistic conversations. So that is a tremendous situation, great situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this will be before Rumble. Rumble. This is again, they have two months. I don't know whether we're going to get more than one match. If we get more than one match, I'd have to assume then that Shinsuke at least gets a win in the first one by hook or by crook, and then it elevates. If it's not, if it only is end up being one match, and then if it is only one match, I'd assume Cody's going to win it. The good thing is here is if there's anybody on this roster that Shinsuke has not yet worked with, which Cody would fall in that category of not yet worked with, but he also falls in the very elite category of Cody's probably one of the few guys that could work with Shinsuke. Cody could beat Shinsuke. He could be the winner, but he could help elevate Shinsuke to Shinsuke's next level. We saw Nakamura have his thing with Seth and and had a few times go around and try you know, that and, and and the new promo style as Jimmy referenced. Uh, I think Nakamura did go up an elevator level. I think he did get elevated in our minds of okay, he's a little bit higher up the card now. He's got a little bit more credibility. His promos are they they resonate with us more in this in this format. I think that he could go up that next level, even by losing to Cody. But Cody would do it. They would do it in a way that's like, all right, man. All right, now I got mentioned who Shinsuke going to fight at main. Like I, I think they could do it. I think they could. And so uh, I'm I'm here to see it. I'm here to see what they what they what they give me. Yeah, I'm I'm liking where they're going with that. I also am liking where they're going with Bronson Reed and Ivar. They have a a match and Ivar misses the doom salt as they call it. Valhalla gets sent to the back. Uh, then they both get counted out as they continue to brawl and use security as weapons throughout. Uh, Jimmy, I love this. This is madness. This is I. This is my one of my favorite things in pro wrestling. When madness happens, and this was that. No, it was madness, and and there was nothing wrong with the match itself, other than the fact that it wasn't getting a reaction from the audience because they, again, it was one of those situations where who do we want to see win? But like you said, the action itself was fine. And it looks like with the double countout, it's leading to a rematch, of course. And no countouts, maybe a false count anywhere since they fought through the, pretty much the entire building, whatever the case may be. Or or, or all weapons, including uh, security personnel, are allowed in matches, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the <laughs> case is. It's definitely continuing forward. It's a matter of now... It, I, I want to say it almost felt like Bronson Reed felt more like the baby face, the way the match was presented. But at the same time, the crowd still views him as a heel. That's why I think there was a lack of a reaction live, but to, for the match itself, it was fine. Justin, I want your thoughts on the match. I want your thoughts on big Bronson Reed. Uh, I, I always say he's one of your guys. If we, if we had stables, he'd be in, in your stable. Um, but to, to Jimmy's point about the crowd not being quiet, being not as loud as maybe they should be, is there something to this Raw had some huge moments in it, and we knew that there were going to be huge moments throughout. Was there a little bit of like the peaks were so high at certain points that if you weren't at a peak, then the crowd just didn't care, if that makes sense? Um, maybe. Uh, you know, it was a great house. Nashville's traditionally, from what I can remember, is a good crowd. Uh, I think with this with this match at least more than anything I think it was look the crowd got up when the crowd got up at the finish 
You know, they're counted out because they're just slamming through crap and they're hitting each other with, with things and throwing people at each other. The crowd got up them. I think maybe prior to that, the crowd might have just been kind of confused, kind of like what you're like, who are we? Who am I supposed to cheer for? Mm-hmm. Bronson's been a heel. I- Ivar, who's had this really interesting singles run this fall season. Um, he, but, but he's coming off of a heel tag team, so I don't know if people yet know, like, am I allowed to cheer for him? Should I be cheering him? Do I like him? Is he a nice Viking? <laughs> so, you know, I think there's just a little bit of confusion. And then you forget about the confusion. You forget about thinking, who am I, who am I supposed to cheer for and boo when you just start cheering for just absolute anarchy, which is what yeah. they then embarked on for the bell ringing and then beyond. So I think tonight might have done some good work after the match of like, okay, now if they go to where are they next week? They're in um, they're Albany, in Al- Albany, New York. Thank you. So when they, when they go to Albany next week, maybe the Albany crowd that was watching tonight goes, all right, these two are fighting again. We're just supposed to. We just want violence. We just want yeah. these two just to wreck shit. So maybe that's you know, it, you know, I, I love you know, I, I popped and Barrett said it, and I I. I uh, I almost texted Issa, and then I got sidetracked of, of, of Barrett saying, it's just Monday night meat. <laughs> yeah. Tremendous. Thinking, that's a shirt. That's <laughs> Speaking of shirts, it's like Ivar equals nice Viking. Nice right. Viking. <laughs> Is he a nice Viking? Do you trust how, him? <laughs> how do we not have, like, Arby's sponsoring Ooh. Raw these days? With, oh, we wow. have the meats. Um, yes. Valhalla. I mean, are you, are you approaching her? Is she that crazy bitch you just don't even talk to? Like, we don't know. We don't know. Wow. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love We've this. all had a Valhalla in our life. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> we, uh, we have some Judgment Day segments we got to cover. Uh, mm-hmm. Finn, first off, comes back and is like, ah, the Creed brothers are legit. <laughs> we got to be careful with them. And then Damian Priest is... A little insecure about what happened at uh, Survivor Series, but everyone says, hey, we're family in a surprisingly heartwarming segment for the Judgment Day. Uh, but then later, our truth shows up and he wants to help them with War Games. And then when he finds out War Games already happens, he wonders how well he did. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, we could praise, I think, our truth all day. This guy, uh, He's so funny. Like he's the classic like zig when you think he's gonna zag. Exactly, and that's what that's what this business is about. Is different segments, and and yes, I know some people are like, oh, there's a little. Sometimes there's a little bit too much comedy in wrestling, but when it's done right, and when it's done in a way like our truth can do it, because our truth in real life is a funny guy. 
Let's yeah. put it that way. And that's why he's able to pull this off so well. And it works so well. And it got me laughing. It even got my wife laughing, who isn't a big wrestling fan. But at the same time, she was she was uh, chuckling away there. And and uh, it, it just works. Like It's like with Akira Tozawa. You need mm-hmm. a couple of guys like that to get to change the mood a little bit. Yes, you got your serious guys. You've got your your stoics. You got you know, you need your funny guys too. And our truth is one of the funniest guys you're going to find on TV right now, as how far many, as wrestling goes. Anyways, how many comedy references will Truth have to pick for pick from for his Hall of Fame speech? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just he's. He's so funny. Like, like I said, the he he got me so good when he was like, they were like, no, it was yesterday. I was like, oh, how'd I do? <laughs> like, and, and so then, of course, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, we just found out. I just found out my neighbor. We he just found out we both like wrestling. So he was like texting me about our truth, and we were uh, laughing about the old, throwing back to the old Paul when he uh, declared for the Royal Rumble and was going to throw out Paul Heyman. <laughs> <laughs> Is your neighbor watching this podcast right now? I, I don't know. Well, Billy, he should be. He should be, yes. Watching, Bill, I, Text him. Go, no, 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 no. I'll host for the next that. five minutes. Go knock on the door. <laughs> Go knock on the door, Jack. We what need the likes. We need to subscribe. Go knock on the door. <laughs> what are you doing? Just down on the wall. Wait, did you, tell, did you just say, oh, I'm a wrestling fan? Or did, like, did, did you pull some strokes? Did you say, look, I'm Jack oh, Farmer. Yeah. I host some podcasts. Yeah, I do Santino Bros Wrestling. Did, like, did you, did you, did you well, put yeah. yourself over? Yeah, we went to uh, Full Gear together. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that. He's actually funny enough. He was the one that he had an extra ticket. He's like, "Do you want to go?" I was like, "Yeah, let's go." And that's the first time we hung out. <laughs> it was great. It was super get him, fun. Get him watching the podcast, damn it. Yeah, I told I, I told him I cover Raw for Wrestling Inc. If he needs to tune in, we'll see if we have one extra like this time around. All right. Tell him and tell him to make a comment if he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah Billy, put a like. Put a comment on this after we're done. Hit Let's go, like Billy there. from Los Angeles. <laughs> Farmer's neighbor. Billy from L.A. Yeah. Uh, we Speaking of people, and I, I got no transition here. Uh, Zoe Stark. Not <laughs> your neighbor. Not, <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of someone's neighbor, Zoe Stark. Uh, she gets made <laughs> fun of by Nia Jax. And then... Um, uh, for her, for failing at uh, its Survivor Series, and then they have a match, and Zoe Stark puts up a fight, but eventually eats an annihilator, and Nia Jax gets the win. Justin, is the window closing for Zoe Stark? Ooh, the way you phrase that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, it doesn't feel like, th- yeah. They try. I'll say yes. They try, they try to, you know, going into the match against Rhea. You know, they they try to play into like you know oh, like you know what she's done this year, her history with Trish, and you know she's a worthy challenger for Rhea. And, and her match is fine against Rhea, but Rhea's in a league of, of her own. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, Zoe's just not. I feel I feel bad saying it because I don't I don't think she's doing anything wrong. I don't think she's not going out there giving her best. I don't like I don't think it's that. I just think that she's just. I think if you're I think if you're a woman right now in the WWE women's division, I think the fact that you have Rhea Ripley to contend with, and she's in a league of her own, and then you have just mainstay staying power of girl of of, of women like Charlotte and Becky that are there. 
it's just it's 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 a tough it's tough to kind of carve out your spot right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think in fairness to Zoe, I, I want to say that like, look, she's she's got plenty of time. She's talented. She, I'm not saying like she's not going to be in WWE next week, but I'm saying like for this little push, you know, this attempt at the at the title. She comes off. She comes yeah. off too. She comes off too generic. I'm not, I just, uh, that's that's my thing. I think <laughs> she works hard. I think she's probably well. Like I think she's she had to be trusted to, to work with Lita and Trish. Uh, she has to be trusted right. to be given a a Survivor Series premium level match with Rhea. So I think she's doing all the right things there. But in terms of like connection to the audience, I just don't. I I, I can't define her. I if you if you told me to tell. Your neighbor Billy describe Zoe Starks in a sentence. In three sentences, I don't know if I'm going to get the job done, and I think I'm pretty good with words, but I don't think I'm going to get it done. My neighbor yeah. Billy is going to be a spiritual part of the podcast now. He'll just we'll nice. <laughs> oh, it's but, triple. Uh, it's, tri- it's triple J plus B. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jimmy. Um, let me ask you this: Is mm-hmm. to everything Justin just said? Do mm-hmm. you think being paired with Shayna Baszler is helping or hurting Zoe in that case? Ah. Uh, I don't want to say it's hurting her, but I don't think it's helping her. Uh, I don't, I think it's like a side, it's moving sideways mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. And, and, and like you were asking earlier, whether the, you know, after her, her match with uh, Rhea, did, did it elevate her at all? Yeah. She hung with the, with Rhea. Okay. But at the same time, it didn't move her status up into Justin's point too. We talk about this all the time. People need to get invested, not only in say, Hey, I can't wait to see this match because I know those two are going to deliver in the ring. You get invested in the actual character in the person in the match as well. And that's what she needs to work on. She needs to get people invested in her, her in ring stuff is fine. Again. And we've been saying this a lot. It's almost, I hate to sound repetitive. Her in ring stuff is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but she needs to stand out in some form or fashion, whether it's someone come up to and say, Hey, you know, what is it? Uh, Find out something that, uh, that's inside of her and bring it out or help her develop something if someone mm-hmm. from creative it's you know it's a two-way street let's put it that way it's not like hey you're going to be this hey you know who are you and help us uh you know yeah i feel like when i when i watch her that and, and the reason mm-hmm. i bring up Shayna baszler is mm-hmm. i feel like she's like too in the middle like i can't tell am i supposed to like her or hate her and like like she she'll take on anaya jacks who's clearly someone i'm not supposed to like so i'm like okay i'm supposed to cheer for zoe stark but then she's playing with Shayna baszler who seems like a bad guy and i'm not supposed to like either you know what i mean and then like i like i don't know i feel like i'm not i don't know how i'm supposed to be reacting to her well and they and they didn't do Shayna any favors with earlier this year with the ronda stuff right Mm -hmm. like they, they the, the the feud was booked really backwards. Like, yeah, she it, it was backwards. The heel and face thing was back. So yeah, I mean, they haven't done Shane any favors in that regard. But yeah, but I agree with everything else you just said, Jack. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So Nia Jax gets the win. Seems like she's probably going to be facing uh, Rhea at Rumble, is what I'm assuming here. But there's a lot of real estate between now and then, so we'll have to see. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out, and we get our first CM Punk chance of the night, which. By the way, thank you, crowd, for not hijacking the show all night. Uh, that mm. you guys were very, very good for that. But uh, Seth Rollins says CM Punk doesn't matter, and he wants to talk about who his next match is going to be against. That's when Drew McIntyre comes out and says he needs to focus and get back on track for the world title. 
Seth says that he's going to defend the title against Jey Uso next week. So Drew McIntyre headbutts him. And after some fighting, Jey Uso chases off, chase off Drew McIntyre. In the back, Sami Zayn tries to talk sense into Drew. And that just gets him a match with Drew next week as well. Uh, Justin, I want your thoughts on this segment. And the fact that everyone seems like they actually want to be the world champion right now. Yeah. Um, real quick. So to the, to the world champion thing, that is very interesting. Again, quick cheek plug, uh, I'll bust over my coach, Jonathan hood. He, he had, he, he kind of downplays Roman reigns, uh, Jonathan hood. Great, great co-host, great radio guy. Again, please tune into us on Sundays. Jonathan said he looks at the Roman reigns title run. as like a legacy thing. Mm-hmm. And that Seth Rollins is his real world champ because of the of the work rate, uh, not the work, not not the work rate, but the the the, um, the 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 frequency of defending it, the the schedule, right? And then tonight, I saw something on Twitter on, on social media, and I I do have to say it does kind of feel like we're moving in the stage of like Roman is like the figurehead. He's the king and queen of England. He's a figurehead. He's a presti- He's in a prestigious position. But the real mover and shaker that's shaking things up and changing things up day to day, week to week, is your prime minister, is your parliament, and that's where the <laughs> balance is. If, uh, if for, for 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 my for my English, for my UK people, if I'm if I'm accurate on my government, please let me know. <laughs> that's kind of what we are starting to feel like, right? That that uh, and and I guess that's good because I know when this title first started, I thought, oh, this is just the <laughs> let's just give a title to Seth, let's give a title to Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think, first of all, it's good on that title. Um, to the Drew factor, props to my man for hitting his Glasgow kiss and he butts the oh. title and just puts himself open. Yeah, you know the color looks good, but um, I think and I love Drew McIntyre and Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is just a few paces behind Randy Orton in terms of the creative wrestler, the look, the the ability. But I and this is not and this is just on where things are at. This is not on Drew McIntyre the performer. This is on just positioning and where things are at drew mcintyre feels like he's in the way and i mean that by you're not if you have drew mcintyre healthy on your roster you're not going to just discard him and put him to the back of the line or not even put him on tv you're going to put him on tv but he feels like he's an inconvenience he's already he's come up short you know he, he came up short with the bloodline that was a whole big thing he came up short with seth Gunther too, Gunther, right? So it's like he's there, so you have to like acknowledge him, and like he's gonna be pissed off at anybody else who's trying to go after Seth in the title. But he, he's just, he's just kind of in the way. Um, you know, word on the street is that his contract is up around Mania time. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means he resigns. I don't know if that means if he goes to AEW where he'd probably be able to get paid at least comparable to what he gets paid, or if not more. If he had the bargaining chip, but I just I feel bad because I, I I want more out of Drew McIntyre. I, I want more because he's a great performer and a great talent. But I just feel like he's in the way. I feel like they burned it too many times. He's lost too many times. I know he's not gonna win the title. So now he's just he's, he's just in the way. It's all it's the best way I can describe it. I feel terrible saying that, Drew. If you hear me say that, please get the context of why I'm saying it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying because you can't. Because of who, because of who he is and how he looks, and the fact that he is like he's like a creator wrestler, you can't have him just have kind of meaningless feuds and things. He needs to be at the top of the card. But if that's 
already booked up, what do you do with him? Because I'm not going to believe him. I don't want to see him having matches with Ivar. No disrespect to Ivar either. But like, I want to see it, Drew McIntyre at the top of the card. Uh, Jimmy, how do you how do you feel about Drew McIntyre? He is kind of in in a tough spot right now. Yeah, he's in that spot. Like you know, we keep talking about someone to elevate someone else. You, you, I love the fact that he wants the shot at the title. He's making it feel like it's an important thing. And so many people wanting a shot at the title obviously makes the title look that much more important. And it almost feels like Drew is the guy that they're going to use to make the other guys, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, elevating Drew and making Drew the big star. He's already a big star. And I yeah. think maybe that's the feeling is that, hey, he's a big star. He's someone that if they can get by him, he, you know, he could elevate that person and uh, someone like a Seth who's already the, the heavyweight champ, you know what I mean? Getting by someone like a Drew, you know, elevates the champion as well. It, right. It, that's the, that's the position he's kind of in right now. He's almost in that limbo position where, Hey, I think uh, the company's going to use him as the guy to elevate the next crop or just the next person they want to elevate, so to speak. Yeah. I do think he's the next, as far as I know, and I'm not necessarily the the, the most up to date on contracts, but yeah, he seems like the next big contract that's up. Because uh, mm-hmm. if we're assuming, I'm assuming that MJF is resigned, so I don't think that that's the next big one anymore. I, I, so I assume it's Drew McIntyre. I think that's what a lot of people are going to be watching. Um, and like I said, I'm always rooting for the the individual, so I hope he makes a lot of money one way or the other with his next signing. Um, one quick thing, though. It's funny that you got Drew and um, just something I know. So Drew yeah. and uh, Seth out there in the ring at the same time. And these are the guys who on the Internet were uh, are so anti-CM Punk right now. Well, I like that also that he, he kind of addressed that. And he's like, look, people are talking about stuff that didn't even happen. <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. I like that Drew kind of threw that out and sort of buried it quickly without going well, into it. Well, to be fair with the Drew thing. It, it was noted too. So suppose again, according to PW Insider, Drew, you know, stormed out of the ring, went backstage, wasn't happy, you know, got got out of the building quick. But according to their report, if it's if all if all that's said to be true, then this should be true. He left the ring in the ringside area before Punk's music even hit. And if you go back and why, if you search on the internet through Twitter or through YouTube, if you search CM Punk return and fan video. A lot of cell phone video. It's fun to watch. Actually, it actually is. Um, if you actually look, Drew is not present in the ring. He did. It appears he exited before Punk's surprise music hit. Whether he knew Punk's music was hitting or not, I, we, we don't know. But it did appear that he left the area. So, you know, that's I mean, that, that's worth pointing out because yeah. yeah. Well, again, believe what you want, what you read online. That apparently those in that main main event knew that the music was going to hit at the end. So maybe they, again, speculation, speculation. It gets people talking. Yeah. Uh, Tegan Knox and Natty teamed up to take on Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Uh, They came up short and the tag team champs retain. Uh, Jimmy, I, this has been, I feel like I'm repeating myself every time I talk about the tag team titles. Chelsea Green, Piper, and Ivan are fantastic. It feels like teams are getting put together just to get knocked down at this point. Uh, how do you build a tag team division at the, for, for this? They have the they have the bodies. They have enough 
talent, but like, how do you make a division? It seems like that's been something that's been, a, they haven't been able to do. It's which is surprising because if there's anyone who can build a division, like you said, with so many, so many talented women, it's them. It's because they haven't been able to put them together and put them on TV enough for the audience to get invested in tag teams. I mean, they were a little bit invested with uh, Nox, Nox and Natty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I thought the match was fine tonight, but it just, again, judging from the crowd standpoint, I don't think they believe that the, the titles were changing hands that night. That's why they seemed a little quiet. And also, back to your point now, they do need to start developing more women's tag teams if they want to make the tag teams feel special. And again, it's it's all about TV time, giving them the exposure and giving people a reason to get invested mm-hmm. in these teams too. So, And that's that's the tough part. Yeah, Justin. Now, Natty, obviously Hall of Famer. Chelsea Green, Piper Niven, they've been great. Tegan Knox to me is the one that um, it, her mat, her minutes matter the most right now. Uh, she's gotten a lot of, not a lot of time, but she's been consistently on TV the past few weeks. Do you think she's making the most of it? Do you think she's doing a good job of earning more time? I think she's trying, but again, it is... It... I think she's trying, but it's an uphill battle. You know, it is most every women's tag. It does look like just a singles wrestler and a singles wrestler paired together. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it doesn't like, you know, like, you know, the Creed brothers, they're a new tag team in the men's division. They look and feel like a tag team, whether mm-hmm. it's the ring gear, whether it's because of their history of where they're coming from. Yeah. The women just feel like a lot of, and I think part of that's because in wrestling in general, the you don't if you if you scour the indie scene if you scour wrestling you don't find a lot of women's tag teams. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, and obviously there's fewer there's always going to be fewer women on any show unless it's like an all women show like a Stardom or something. But you're always going to have fewer women on any show, so. It makes sense. There's not women's tag team. You know, the, all, most of the females are out there branding and marketing themselves. If they get mm-hmm. put in a tag team, it's it's just for a one night purpose of we're gonna stick you. And I so I think I think this is a grassroots problem. You don't you don't find a lot of women that go into the business together and say, hey, you and me, let's 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 brand together and make a tag. And 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 I think it, that problem seeps all the way up to the to the major leagues to to WWE, and so you end up throwing girls together that just again it's making the audience feel something do they do they care piper and chelsea are such a opposite pair i think that's starting to work and chelsea is so big in her uh persona that's working but they also get more tv minutes than others and i you know so i don't know if if it's i just it's a hard uphill climb to make women's tag teams feel feel important um that's kind of where I'm at with this. And I hate it. Cause again, all, all the yeah. girls are going out. They're trying, they're trying. Yeah. If you're on WWE TV, you're trying. No, but no, nobody mm-hmm. on WWE TV is half assing it. Cause they're not going to be on WWE TV anymore. Right. But, 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 but whether, you, but are you making a connection to the audience again? Not right now. You're not. Yeah. To your point, even like, you know, I always talk about Akira, but like Akira and Otis, like they had matching colors on their tights and they were, technically thrown together tonight yeah. uh, they, they, they didn't tag team before and like everyone in that that tag team turmoil had matching gear or at least looked like a tag team so 
Uh, I think that is a big part of it, um, as silly as it might sound. Um, no, it's not silly. We're, we're yeah. One small thing, and this goes this goes to all three of us are, are so deep in this. But again, it goes to the have your spouse come in, have your friend, have your neighbor come in, have anybody come in who doesn't watch and, and, and uh, critique this to the level that we do. If my wife or my kids come in and they sit and watch a, a tag team match like this, they are asking you questions. Well, who's on whose team? If they're not wearing the same colors or same symbols or same something like they do in football or any other sport, team sport, then it, it's confusing. It's like, well, well, why, why, why are they? Why, they're wearing two different stuff. Why are they? Why are they together? It just, it's just, a, it's just a, it's a subconscious thing that just rises of like, well, if you're not dressed the same, you're not looking the same, then there's a, it's hard to buy unity. You know what I mean? I mean, you can have d- <laughs> Bubba Ray and Devon. Yeah. They were brothers yeah. from a different mother, <laughs> different skin <laughs> colors, <laughs> but you bought them as a tag team because they came out looking like they came from the same family. family right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Shout, yeah. Shout, out, shout out to Bully. So, it's yeah, well, a good point because I was going to say the next thing that, that kind of bugs me is when tag teams don't come out together and they come out to their own entrance music, even if it's just to walk onto the stage. I always think, just pick a, a song and come out to that one because I think they used to do that in the old days. It's just one of them would play their music and they'd come out mm-hmm. to one song. And I feel like you're not even coming out to the same music. How can I buy you as a tag team if you're not even coming know, out they, together? No, that makes sense. But the thought process is we're putting two stars together. That's why they're getting right. the separate entrances and the, whether it hurts or not, you know, yeah, that's the uh, debate. Uh, we get to uh, Orton, Randy Orton and Jey Uso meet up and Jey Uso just apologizes uh, for what happened. And Orton says, oh, it's, it's it's all good, man. And I'm sure that Orton will never, ever, ever come back to do anything to Jey Uso uh, after this. So <laughs> he, has his, he has his match with uh, Dominic Mysterio. Uh, JD gets involved. Jelly Roll gives JD a jelly shove and uh, Dom misses a frog splash before he gets beat with the RKO. There were so many things I loved about all of this. Um, uh, but, uh, Justin, t- talk to me. Just just walk me through Randy Orton's return match. Uh, yeet. yeet. No, he's great. <laughs> he's back. He, he, he you know, uh, uh, Way Barrett put him over on commentary about, like, <laughs> What's his training? You know, he's he's chained up the training because of the double fusion back surgery, and, and he looks like a million bucks. I mean, I he he looks better than he did ten years ago, and and he's never looked bad. Randy's never not looked good. He's always been a body guy. He's always been a look guy. Uh, he looks great. He he's back to moving great. You know, I, I winced the first time he took a back bump Saturday, and the was actually him giving an offensive maneuver is him doing his DDT thing. I winced just because I was like, all right, that's the first time the. And I know that he's probably took bumps at the performance center and whatever, but I just still in the moment, you know, he's on your own national, your your own live TV. Uh, he looks great, and and I'm so happy to have him back. Uh, what a let's give it let's give a shout out to to Dom. Yeah. What a um, what an honor that Randy's first singles match back on live TV. Uh, they, I know they were in a, they were had a house show last night. I think in Peoria, Illinois. I don't know if he was. I don't know if Randy was on that. But nonetheless, first live singles match on TV, and they trust Dom to go out there and be with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a that, that, that that's a huge compliment to Dom because yeah, you're talking you're talking about again you're talking about a future Hall of Famer. You're talking about a guy who you're happy to have back. He's on 
maybe borrow time after being out 18 months on a back injury. Um, if you had any doubts about Dom at all, if the office had any doubts about Dom's safety or his competency or his timing or anything, um, the office and or Randy could say, no, give me somebody else. Mm-hmm. Randy has that stroke. <clears throat> yes. Randy could say, I'm not doing Dom. Give me Finn or, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, give me, give me. And so shout I think, you know, as, as, as we break down the fourth wall here, shout out to, to Dom for getting that, uh, that responsibility. Yeah. And, and he, he sold, he did it. Uh, great, great to see Randy back. I'm happy to see it. And Jimmy, to that point, I want something I want to say about Dom. I feel like he was the perfect person for Randy Orton to have a match with because he's legit enough as a, like, as far as getting wins, being North American champion, that it feels like a matchup, but he's also someone Orton could really beat up and look like a star and not feel like he's making Dom look bad, if that makes sense. Cause Dom's kind of supposed to get beat up. But he's also, it's also not, you know, Akira Tozawa. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? No, I understood completely. I think it's the perfect foil, obviously, from from an aesthetic standpoint, for people who haven't seen Randy, you know he was going to get the, the positive reaction that he got tonight. And having him against someone who gets the negative reaction that Dom gets just makes that dynamic seem so much bigger. And mm-hmm. people bought into it so big. And you know what? Randy sold nicely for, for Dom. Mm-hmm. Dom didn't look bad in this match at all. He looked like he belonged in there with someone as good as Randy. That's that's again how good Randy is. He makes everybody that he's in there with look fantastic. Randy sold well for him, and it it, it worked for everybody. It worked for everybody. It was a, it was a match again. And to the point about having trust in someone like a Dominic Mysterio to be in the ring with him, Randy has to trust him too. And you're right, Justin. He has a stroke to say. No, I don't think it's going to be him. I would rather be with whoever yeah. insert name here. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, now obviously you haven't seen, or at least I don't think you've seen Randy Orton recently, but now that he's <laughs> he's yoked up a bit, Billy Gunn, Randy Orton, who's bigger? Uh, to be honest with you, I think Billy Gunn is still a little bit bigger uh, from, <laughs> from a physical standpoint, but man, Randy is ripped. Yeah, Red, Randy, he was... But- Drinking protein shakes. Billy's still a little bit more impressive because Billy's older. Billy's yeah. like 15 yeah. years older than Randy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Billy's, Billy, I think Billy's a grandpa. Yeah. God, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. could you imagine? Like, oh, my goodness. Hey, come meet my grandpa. And Billy, Billy Gunn walks out. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, yeah, lastly, I just got to say, I, I love the Jey Uso segment. I, I love how Randy Orton's like, oh, it's cool. It's cool. And like, we all just know it's not cool. Jesus yeah. is going to get it so bad. There's an RKO in the future somewhere. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I love about it. now that to me is good long term storytelling. Is you just know mm-hmm. Randy Orton's going to RKO you. He's going to get you one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to the end of the show, and this is what a lot of people have been waiting for. I'm not a ratings guy, but I am very curious to see how the ratings come out for this one. CM Punk comes out, says he's home, says everyone is happy to see him in the back, says everyone wants to be the best in the world, but the best in the world hasn't been there for 10 years. And as everything goes off air, he says, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. Justin Labar, walk me through uh, what you thought of the CM Punk return promo. Well, first off, I can uh, I could understand that some fans are probably going to th- feel underwhelmed by this promo. Mm-hmm. He didn't come out. He did not pipe bomb 
He did not shoot on AEW or AEW talent or the situation there. He didn't do any of that. He came out. He was being coy and 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 in secret reference. Not everybody in WWE is happy to see him and talk and talk about being best in the world and 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 what I think a lot of us probably interpreted as talking to Seth Rollins without ever saying Seth Rollins' name. So buying us some time there, but he didn't. He, there was no shoot factor that he did not come out and do all that. What he did is he came out. And well, and, and first off, he didn't do the shoot, but it's like, all right, well, that's fine because here's the thing if he comes out and shoots on Jungle Boy Jack Perry or the Young Bucks or Tony Khan, you can't make any money off that. None mm-hmm. of them on your show, none of them under contract with you. You can't make any money on that. So, why waste the TV time? You know, I think by the time he took the ring, there was like seven minutes until they're gonna go off the air. So, why waste the time? What he did is he kind of vaguely referenced what I think is Seth Rollins, so I think most of us would think, based on what Seth said earlier. And then he talked about he's home, and he's happy he's home. He puts WWE over. There might be some subconscious level to where you can smart mark interpret, I'm happy to be back here. I went somewhere else. Shit's kind of ran bonkers over there for me. Not didn't work. But on the surface, he just he 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 put over being back in WWE, put over being home, put over feeling re-energized. And so I think, and then and then the last thing he says off mic, he says that to the camera just before they cut the feed off. I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. And so his entire promo was about setting up that he's back in WWE, like me or don't like me. I am the best in the world still, I proclaim to be. And so that is a setup for a money-making situation with Seth mm-hmm. Rollins or whomever they go with. And so I think, yes, it's a little underwhelming for all the bill that he, you know you didn't get any kind of shoot from him. But I think it's where business should be. And I think it's also something you can say that it's, it's very early. It's only his, what, his, his second day back in the company. But I think it's also something that kind of says, or maybe could be a, a, an indicator that... He's under control, or WWE gets it. Like, we're gonna give you the live mic. You're not gonna go out and you know shoot on any of the stuff in the past because again, we can't make money off it. You're gonna go out. You're gonna establish yourself. You're back. You're home. Whatever. And we're gonna make. We're gonna do business here. Where we're gonna make money here in WWE. And the fact that he went out there and did all that, that's a good first sign that he's on board with what direction is being given to him. I'm not saying that there ain't going to be a promo in the future where he doesn't. I can't, I'm not saying that, but it's right. a good start to, we can only control what we control, what we can control here to make business. of. We can't make business with Tony Khan or young bucks or Jack Perry, your gripes with them. We can't, we can't, we can't sell PLEs on that. We can't sell tickets on that fan video on Twitter of Seth Rollins being pissed at your back. And then, and then, earlier tonight seth rollins calling you a hypocrite oh we can make money with that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's where we're at yeah jimmy i i always think about um i heard this analogy regarding football uh and but it works to this is like after a long season you don't like you're hungry when you haven't seen something for a long time you're hungry and mm-hmm. when you're hungry you'll eat little morsels you'll you'll you're happy with scraps when you're hungry right 
and we haven't seen, you know, WWE hasn't seen CM Punk for a long time. So we're going to be happy with scraps. They don't need to give us a big steak dinner right away. Just give us the little, little tidbits for now. And I think that, well, I don't think this promo was remarkable and that he said massive things that will reverberate through wrestling history. Mm-hmm. I think they gave us just that little morsel to keep us coming back. And that's what you do. You want to try to get entice people to come back. Like if he had gone out tonight and just lambasted, lambasted uh, his former uh, employers and everybody, again, that, that, that is generated for a certain section of the audience, the hardcore fans who, who are waiting to hear him shoot on why he left and what the problems were and all that sort of stuff. But like he said at the end, into the um, camera uh, after his promo, I'm here to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what this business is about. And especially doing stuff. I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, a, a lot of his promo sounded a little cliche. You know, mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm home. I'm here where I belong, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. That's all cool. But the one thing he said though, is I've changed. And that's the interesting comment for me. And you know, you talk about putting truth. People are afraid of the truth. That's part of, part of the truth that he has. He seems to have changed in that he wants to do business now. And there's a lot of times in wrestling where two personalities don't clash behind the scenes. Two guys don't get along. We, I, you know, we obviously know about the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels situation and all the other stuff that happened. But at the end of the day, if you can put those differences aside for the purpose of putting it in the ring and making money, and this this is what it feels like CM Punk is is yeah uh changed definitely about where he's look uh apparently he said that everybody was happy to see him well maybe there were a few guys that weren't yeah you know. I, I, I Jack I think two things have changed since he was last there in WWE and I was I was sitting front row for Punk's last WWE match it was Royal Rumble 2014 I was there and then of course he documented it well all his gripes on the uh, Colt Cabana podcast that then you know launched them into litigation and a lot of crap. But I think two things have changed. One, I think WWE actually probably three things have changed. One, I think WWE's medical and protocol is better than ever. It has evolved, it's gotten better than ever. I think they they are they are better than ever with that. And he had some gripes about medical and this and that. I think it is probably tighter than ever. Two Vince is not in charge of the day-to-day anymore. I think that was a big gripe. I, I think it was a gripe of a lot of people that consistency and we're tearing up scripts and this and that, blah, 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 out of touch. I think a lot of people that a lot of people at the time had that gripe in 2013, 2014 as Punk's leaving, but Punk was the type and the personality where he was going to voice it. He wasn't just going to accept it. He was going to voice, this makes no sense. I don't like it, blah, blah, blah. That's changed. Triple H has proven that he has a more long-term consistent vision of here's how we're going to do the story and make it make sense. Mm-hmm. And the third, you'd like to believe, as Triple H said on the press conference, it's been 10 years, people grow. If you haven't grown, what's wrong with you? That maybe yes. Punk has grown. And Triple H has grown to where as a, as a leader, he can put aside maybe some petty conversations or comments or differences they had 10 years ago and look, we're in a different place now. we got to do what's right for these youngsters coming up for this company to, for this co- to continue to succeed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it, this, 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 it was, it was the 
probably the best speech he could have gave. It was not the mo- it was not the sexiest. It was not the most headline grabbing promo, but it was probably for all the reasons that he said and what Jimmy said. It was probably the best first thing he could have said to mm-hmm. make you go, okay, he's back and he's here to do things to make money for the company and to better the roster. Do I think he and CM Punk are, or do I think he and Seth Rollins are friends? Hell no. I, they are not going to be renting a car driving to the next town together. Yeah. But I think they probably are both smart enough to understand, hey, let's keep up the stuff on social. Let's let the fans record what they're going to record. I'll take care of you in the ring. You take care of me. Let's leave it at that. We can make some money off of off of this friction. Well, yeah, you don't have to go out afterwards and have a have a nice little pint together and and and, and socialize that way. You know what I mean? Just it, it, it's called the wrestling business. Yeah, I mean Justin Labar kicked in my dressing room door before the show. <laughs> <laughs> We're still here. No, uh, but yeah, I think this this promo it actually reminded me a lot of what he said when he the first debut in AEW, a lot of similarities there. And I think that's exactly what he should have done. I think it's fine. This is exactly the kind of promo he should have cut. I think, like I said, I think breadcrumbs right now, he doesn't need to come out and say, I'm coming after Seth Rollins and the world title. He doesn't need to come out and talk about stuff that doesn't matter. I think it's, this is, this is perfect. Cause now I'm still asking, well, who's his first opponent going to be? Well, what's mm-hmm. his next thing going to be? Is he going to be in the Royal rumble? Is he going to have a match? And those are all good questions because I want to know what's happening next. And that's exactly what you want, especially in a situation like this. Um, I think Triple H has done such a good job with letting us as viewers know that he's going to take care of us at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. There is going to be a payoff. We're going to get what we want if we're patient enough for it. And so I I think he's kind of earned that much to mention in just a second ago. In the past, we've been like, dude, this this better not be a mechanical spider in a small cage, you know. Uh, now we know, like, okay, this will go somewhere. So I think that this went perfectly. I think this was this is exactly what they should have done. How mm-hmm. ironic, too. Punk left, walked out on WWE in, in early 2014, and he had, he had a lot of again a lot of complaints, medical, a lot of things. But he also hated the creative, and the creative at that time was, we're heading to Mania. You're gonna fight Triple H at Mania. And I think he was going to lose to Triple H. So now, yeah. 10 years later, Triple H truly has the pencil. <laughs> truly yeah. is in charge. Yeah, Vince has never had less uh, 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 corporate power than ever. Triple H has the day-to-day power that has been bestowed upon him by TKO, who are the owners of the WWE brand. And Punk is back under that direction. Uh, I mean, you know, the Iron Claw movie just came out on the on, you know, very, you know, just fly by so on, on the on the legendary Von Eric family. This is a movie <laughs> somewhere. Rock and the Seven Bucks production team <laughs> needs to get on the script because this is a movie. Uh, it's yeah, they've been doing great, great stuff. Um, and 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 really quickly, you know, you talked about Triple H, you know, moving into being in charge now of creative and the day to day stuff of. Uh, what we see on television, Triple H knows what's best for business. And he yeah. could, you know, again, if there is an issue there, he could suppress things for a little while to make money. He knows what he's doing. Trust me. Yeah. Um, we have a super chat from Yes Boy uh, asks, is Jungle Boy still suspended? I have I have no idea. Um, 
I don't know if either of you have any inside scoop on that, but well, I don't know for sure, but just the fact that he has not yet been on TV and they have dynamite rampage and collision to fill time and he's not been on TV. I would have to assume that he's still under some kind of, you know, yeah. Unless he's the devil character, which that's what a lot of people are Hmm. predicting, but that's, uh, this this is the raw after show. We'll talk about that. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, but as it is, I, I don't, I don't really know. I, I have no idea how that that's playing out, but, uh, that said, that wraps it up for the show. Everyone in the chat, let us know what you thought overall of, uh, of everything that happened tonight. Uh, and as we wrap up, Justin, let the world where know where they can find you online. And what did you think overall of this week's event? Uh, I thought overall, I thought it was a good role. I, I'll tell you what, between, obviously CM Punk's the, all the social numbers that they were, they were touting of, of record setting numbers. So that proves that his buzz reached far and beyond reached beyond people that watch regularly every week, people that just check in casually between that Orton's first singles match back. And the fact that Monday night football's uh, game tonight was garbage. This might be the best, third hour numbers that WWE Raw has done in a long time. So I'll be very interested to see that. Um, so yeah, so but that's uh, I'm, I'm curious to see that. Uh, it was a very hype Raw. Um, yeah, at Justin Labar across uh, X, Twitter, X, whatever. Uh, also Instagram as well. Check me out there. Got some fun photos and videos to post there. Um, and yeah, I'm here Monday nights with you guys. Wednesday nights doing the dynamite review and then now and then friday morning spar with the bar friday morning myself david lagreca and thunder rosa and then you know, that's a half hour for friday but then if you want more labar every sunday morning three hours sunday morning live on busted open radio channel 156 yeah it is myself and jonathan hood doing the sunday busted open where we can react to anything that happens saturday night we can also just talk about everything that happened throughout the whole week so you know after tonight whatever else happens to the week we can talk about it on Sundays. We can take your live calls. Super Chat's the one thing. We can take your live calls Sunday. It's free to dial that telephone. Uh, so please check us out Sunday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Busted Open Radio, channel 156 on Sundays. Yeah, you can call in, tell Justin Labar he's wrong, and then he'll absolutely eviscerate you with all the reasons why you're the one that's actually wrong. It would be my pleasure. There you go. Uh, so we also got a quick, uh, super chat, Kevin Irving. Thank you so much. Uh, says as always another awesome show from triple J. Thank Thank you so much, Kevin. Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you. Uh, Jimmy, where can the world find you? And what'd you think of the show overall? No, I enjoyed the show very much, especially coming off that pay-per-view. I thought they did a wonderful job. Again, starting off the show big with Randy, ending it big with CM Punk and all the stuff in between stuff made sense and it progressed uh, future stories and make, making people go, hmm, I would love to see that. As far as where you can find me, obviously here on Monday nights with Triple J, talking post-Raw. On Wednesdays, it's Justin, Issa, and I usually talking post-Dynamite. You can catch me on the Reffing It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, where each week we talk with someone. And thank you to RJ again, who holds the glue together for that. <laughs> uh, last week, we talked to Chris Sabin, and this week, we got a surprise. Uh, uh, Hermie Sadler, which is going to be interesting because he is um, a race car driver, but he's also been involved with wrestling for a long time. And of course you can catch me doing my ref and rants from Monday to Friday on all my social media platforms that are only a minute long. And like I always say, 
little critiques, not to tear down, but to help tighten screws that I think need tightening. And everyone should check out both of these guys' shows. Uh, if you're here in the chat, Fernando, Hacker of Tomorrow, MDB, Jane Young, Stephen Camp, Bernie DC, Rocky, everyone else, thank you so much for joining us. Remember to like, comment, share, subscribe. It's so important. You can follow me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Uh, I thought this was a fantastic show, by the way. This is this is absolutely fun. Even the even the stuff like uh, like I said, Bronson Reed versus Ivar beating up everybody. You got uh, Randy Orton, CM Punk. I mean, what 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 was it missing? Nothing. But uh, we'll, think about uh, think, yeah, uh, Jack. Think about and uh, Jack. Still get your plugs in. Think about this real quick yeah. though. Tonight's Raw backstage on the security list. For who has clearance to get back here? Triple H, CM Punk. They were in Nashville. Dixie Carter was backstage. A singer named Jelly Roll. What in the blue hell are we doing? Where are we at in 2023 of who's hanging out with who? I, I'm, I'm telling you, like some of the graphics they're showing these days, I feel like I would say it feels like I'm playing my WWE video game and I have all my created wrestlers who weren't really in WWE, but I put them in my game because I wanted to play as them or something. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, everyone, this was this was a good one. Everyone, make sure to follow that wrestling for all your wrestling news updates and make sure to tune in tomorrow for the after NXT after show. That one's going to be a good one as well. That does it for us. We'll see you guys next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.